People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hello, Brothers Talk family, wherever you're listening in all around the world. We welcome you and all first-time listeners, and we commend you for holding critical thinking conversations to promote social activism and uplift people everywhere. We're grateful to you for helping with the work of encouraging and educating those you interact with, as we look also for opportunities to endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals for empowerment and in the prosperity of the Black community. Your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, because we care, is that the newest vaccines have been approved by the CDC, and they're recommending them for everyone six months or older, as there continues to be rising concern about the increase in COVID cases across the country linked to the new Parola variant that's more infectious than previous strains. There's also a spike in other respiratory infections, such as RSV2, the flu, and even the common cold, and they're recommending vaccinations for each of those. So as always, if you haven't gotten your original vaccination, please do so because we don't want to lose anyone. And I know of at least five people in my circle that have contracted COVID in the last 30 days. The good news is that they were all vaccinated and we didn't lose a single one of them because they were able to recover at home instead of the hospital. And remember that wearing a mask in crowds is the best protection in addition to the vaccines because masks prevent infections and transmission of all airborne respiratory infections. Finally, if you're traveling, remember to carry and use plenty of disinfectants to kill all those viruses and bacteria that can keep you out of the hospital or the more. Let's protect ourselves and each other, people. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. And as Rod said, it's here. The pandemic is picking up steam just the way we predicted that it would do this fall. It is fall, and there are more uh, hospitals are starting to fill up. One thing I wanted to talk about today, though, is I watched 60, 60 Minutes, and there was a segment on there about Israel and what's happening there and how Benjamin Netanyahu is trying to turn this into a dictatorship. And it's, it's kind of parallel or similar to what's going on in this country because you have a situation where he there are like three charges against him. He's trying to weaken the Supreme Court. But the difference here is that the folks in Israel are not having it. The military are saying, nope, you're not going to weaken the Supreme Court. There are people in the street. They recognize that democracy is under attack. In this country, the media isn't on board with that quite yet. Even though there there have been reports that there's this think tank that has already put together, they have a plan. I can't recall what this plan is. It's out there on the web someplace. Where it's, when Donald Trump, if he gets reelected, they have a plan to just implement. They've already identified 45,000 people 
who they feel that that's who's going to run the government. They're going to get rid of everybody else in the government. A lot of the agencies, they already have new agencies put in place and on day one to start running and changing the government. So when people need to wake up, if you're not woke, you need to be. No? Thanks, God. And I just have a reminder for our listeners. We're three years past the murder of Ahmed Arbery as a prosecutor who initiated the cover-up of his murder has yet to face justice. Jackie Johnson has yet to be convicted or even gone to court in regards to her efforts to cover up his murder. Just a reminder. So this week, we are going to discuss what we call the prime time effect. Now, there's been an awful lot written and said about Deion Sanders, but we wanted to give our take on some of the impact that he's had in the world of college sports and in general. And one of the first things that I want to mention is the fact that he has made a great statement of standing up to show that is a proud Black man, a proud Black Christian man. It's okay to stand up for your principles, to identify as who you are, and not feel like you have to try to reinvent yourself or kowtow to anybody else. And he's being successful at it. Not only is he being successful at it, but he's also able to show that he can stand on his own merit without losing anything. You know, it seems like too many times in the past, those who were in positions of authority or who were in positions to have the spotlight shined on them were often too afraid to speak up on their blackness, speak up on the issues that concerned them because they were more afraid of losing what little they had. And it never really worked out for them because they never seemed to get that you cannot transcend who you are. And the moment you start being artificial, you not only lose their side, but you lose us as well. And now you have no basis for contention. So that's the first thing that I want to mention in talking about the prime time effect. You know, what I got to say about Dion is what I got out of this is he's had a positive effect on on uh, the black community, you know, just specifically. But in general, he's just had a positive effect on college sports and especially young black men. Uh, if you look at some of the videos when they show uh, the Colorado, Colorado Buffaloes team in the locker room, uh, the white boys are just as excited. They they are looking up to him just as much as the black players. But one of the things that I got out of Dion in the interview I saw, he said, the thing that I'm doing to these young guys, I'm just telling them the truth. And And to me, he said, you know, in this country right now, uh, the truth doesn't seem to matter that much. But I'm telling these guys the truth about their, because they asked him about telling a lot of these players to leave. And he said, you know, I didn't make them leave, but if you left, if you got in the transfer portal, it's you, we don't need you anyway. If you didn't have enough confidence in your skills, when I told, when I was telling people, hey, you know, you don't need to be here. If you felt like I was talking to you and you left, then we didn't need you here. But if you had confidence in your own ability, then that's who we want. So the fact that he was he's telling people the truth about finances, about not just making money, 
but about that NIL money. He's making sure that a lot of players are getting the NIL money. They're getting the exposure. The parents are satisfied with him. The community, they're happy. It seems like everything that he's touched so far is positive. And right now, Deion Sanders and his family, they're winning. Yeah, that's a great statement. And what I'd like to point out in regards to Deion, I think he's just destroyed the myth that an African-American head coach cannot motivate and inspire the uh, alumni and the boosters. That's been an ongoing issue in regards to why African-Americans have not gotten the opportunity to become head coaches at major universities. And I think Dion has destroyed that myth. And another thing that Dion has done, and when we talk about the primetime effect, is that HBCUs are now prominently featured every weekend on the ESPN and the Fox Sports Networks and the regional networks that literally every HBCU football game can be televised. And that certainly was not happening before Dion went to Jackson State. And what we are particularly concerned with, though, is that not only should the HBCUs be indebted to Dion, not that they need to do anything to pay him, but they just need to embrace the legacy that he left and say, well, let's build on that. Let's start to find a way to recruit better players. Let's start finding ways to re-engage our alumni to build better facilities. Let's find ways to capitalize off of this national exposure and spotlight we're getting through the streaming platforms and through the networks that are showing our games. And the unfortunate reality is that we see that far too many of them are engaged in being like an anchor and trying to drag the ship to a, a halt instead of actually making sure that they get a wind in their sails to keep pushing forward, building on the legacy that he left. I, I agree wholeheartedly, Rod, and, and what you said, Norm. One of the things that Dion did is he kind of just left a template. He gave a roadmap to any other black coaches that uh, transform, who wants to transform, be transformative, who want to transform an HBCU. Uh, the other thing that he showed is that now I think other big-time Division I colleges, non-black HBCUs, are going to start looking at HBCU head coaches and kind of plucking them out of the ranks. All they got to do, in my opinion, is use that template that, that, that Dion created, be honest, be fair to their kids, and it's obvious that Dion is passionate about the kids that he's recruited. Uh, he, he he treats them like family. I think they feel like family. When you have a creative environment like that, you know, even if they don't win another game this year, and I hope that they 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 go undefeated, even if they don't, the family environment that he's created on that team, the whole community of uh of Boulder, Colorado, because it's all about winning. Winning just does a lot for people. When you start winning, I mean, look where they went. They they gone from you know probably having the, one of the lowest attendance attendance records in college football and major college football to right now they got the highest pay, pay uh, price tickets, the hardest to get tickets in college football, and that's all because of what he's done 
and the fact that he's created this family environment that that people feel safe, they feel comfortable, they don't feel when you take a look at his sons and and they interview some of these other kids, they don't seem like uncomfortable. They don't seem out of place. It seems as though this uh this move have opened that community up to welcoming some diversity and hope that this is a trend that's going to have an impact on society as a whole. You know, I remember, and, and referring to your comment, Scott, before the even a game was played, before spring football, Dion arrived on campus and went to a basketball game on campus, and the reaction of the fans, the students, the alumni was incredible. He just inspires people. He just in, inspires winning and that whole attitude. And it trickles down to the, the students and, and, and even, you know, naturally his players. But he is just inspirational. His speeches, you know, they record his speeches and play them, you know, for the public. And he just inspires everyone. And he carries that on to the community. And he's just an inspirational person. And I think that's something that we can all be proud of. And so in an interview he had with uh, Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp mentioned that Dion is one of the most approachable and patient superstars that he's ever come into contact with. And what I really particularly appreciated about Dion's response was that Dion said, because I don't ask any of my players to try to be me. He said, God created only one me, and I don't want them to try to be me. I want to make sure that they get the best out of themselves. And what a tremendous, uplifting message from literally one of the greatest athletes that we have ever seen. And so the fact that he continues to emphasize that is one of the reasons why we're going to give him the Brothers Talk Bump Colorado Buffaloes and try to turn you into the new G-Town. You know, for those of us who grew up in our adult years in the 80s, we knew that Georgetown with John Thompson and the Hoyers became kind of like the national team of Black America because they were great, because John Thompson had uh, uncompromising standards, and because they carried themselves in a way that could make all of us feel proud. And so let's make the Colorado Buffaloes the new G-Town. You're right, Roy. Uh, and I think that's happening. I think people are just doing that subconsciously. They're talking about how uh, how hard it is to get any kind of merchandise pertaining to uh, Colorado, because a lot of that merchandise they got some mentions of prime time. Uh, they showed this lady, some ninety five year old uh, uh, Colorado Buffalo fan. Dion gave her a white old white woman little lady gave her a game ball. She was in the locker room. And that, what you just mentioned, making uh, Colorado the new G-Town, I think we're on that path because I'm thinking about going out here to get me a Colorado Colorado hoodie, if, especially if they keep winning, but more, more so to support Dion and his team. That's not a bad idea, Scott. As a matter of fact, I could go for a Colorado T-shirt myself. But the one thing I wanted to mention, especially in regards to HBCUs, that Dion was really masterful at accomplishing when he was there, the corporate sponsorship and getting different celebrities and, and uh, entertainers, what have you, to donate and be a part of the uh, the football program was just fascinating to see the things that he could accomplish. 
And I would hope the universities would kind of embrace that idea to, you know, make sure that their athletic fields and equipment and everything's up to par. You know, the way Dion did, I mean, he, as again, he set the standard for that. So, you know, another thing to applaud him over. Yeah, so there you have it. We definitely want to continue to keep the good brother Dion in our thoughts and prayers and that he and his family continue to excel because they are doing it in a way that makes us as the Black African-American community feel good about the notion that it's okay to be known for who you are and be uncompromised, unbroken, and unbent. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet Derek Hayes, a 36-year-old Philadelphia native and CEO of Big Dave's Cheesesteaks, who sold over $2.3 million worth of Philly cheesesteaks in Atlanta just last year alone. He owns five restaurants in the area and is now on a mission to take his iconic sandwiches nationwide, aiming to open 100 franchise locations by 2025. He recently started the franchise process nearly a decade since he started his business. In 2014, he opened a dessert shop at a gas station in Georgia called Big Dave's Water Ice, which is named after his late father, who ignited his entrepreneurial spirit. When he struggled with selling frozen treats, he decided to do cheesesteaks. He had a challenging start with Big Dave's cheesesteaks, but he got his big break when the rapper and TV host Eve, a fellow Philadelphian, tried his cheesesteak. She raved about it on social media, and it boosted his business overnight. So this is a double, double bump, because once again, we see a celebrity using her fame to help a young brother get his business launched in a proper way. So kudos to you, Eve, and kudos to Derek Hayes and Big Dave's Cheesesteaks. Learn more about Big Dave's Cheesesteaks via its official website, at BigDavesWay.com. So that's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and follow and communicate with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us at thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until our next episode, Know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's do better today because that's all we really have.